Welcome in, everybody, to On Her Turf. I'm MJ Acosta Ruiz with my co host, Lindsay Zarniak. And if you're new here, let me catch you up real quick because this is your podcast, our podcast, the podcast dedicated to all things women's sports and everything that comes with it, right? And everything you've been dying to dive into. We talk to women from across the sports landscape, especially now as we gear up for the Winter Olympic Games in Beijing. And Lindsay, tonight, we're going to have some fun. We're going to have a lot. We always have fun. What are you doing tonight? So yes. it's a little late if we're being honest, but I love it. See, this is the benefit of being on the West Coast. Oh, that's right. Where I'm usually <laughs> behind everybody else until we have to do something nocturnal. Yes, I have bonus time. <laughs> I love it. Well, there's something really cool about doing all of this and being able to have these awesome, inspiring conversations at night when everyone else in my house has gone to sleep. Um, but in fact, ah. I was so pumped because our next guest, I was tucking my son and I was like, guess what? The speed skater we're about to talk to is from Fairfield, Connecticut, which is literally you know, 10 minutes down the road. So how cool is that? And I guess rolling right into that, you could say that this week's guest, what would you say feels a need for speed? Is that cheesy, MJ? Love it. No, it's very accurate. You know, I love cheese. Yeah. (laughs) I love cheese. (laughs) It's true. Um, Especially since she started short track skating at the very young age at nine. And my thing is, as I'm talking about like where we're from, my kids both just started ice skating, right? They'd never done it. They're not good. They, but they're hooked. And I'm like, wow. So this is the kind of example for someone who has done this and now is living out her Olympic dream. So now our guest owns the U.S. record in both the 500 meter and the thousand meter, one of the newest members of Team USA. How cool is that? (laughs) Hello. Welcome in Kristen Santos. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? So good. Okay, first of all, you started short track skating at nine years old. Nine years, I can't even remember. I think I was just like scraping <laughs> my knee. I chipped my tooth. God knows what else, but definitely not doing something as intense as that. So we're definitely going to get into how you started <laughs> at such a young age. Um, but we definitely want to start with a little icebreaker. And the pun is intended, Kristen. It is. That's how we roll here. So you're getting Very the gist. fitting. <laughs> yes, yes. Very fitting. Uh, Lindsay, why don't you start us off? And these will be more rapid fire too, Kristen. So you can just sort of oh, go through All these right. as you hear them. And yes. Lindsay will hit you with the first one. Rapid fire. Also though, first, Kristen, where are you right now? Just so we have a sense of where you're joining us from. Salt Lake City, Utah. Awesome. Nice. You're training. You're in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. All right. Where so the champions go. <laughs> let's go out of the gate. Have you ever asked anyone for their autograph? I have. And many it was you. Um, I've asked many skaters throughout my lifetime. Um, <laughs> Who was your first? I think Aaron Carter, <laughs> actually. Um, Stop when, it. As in yeah, like my mom, little brother of Backstreet Boys. <laughs> Yeah. I, I love this. Um, this is amazing. My mom is very good at winning radio contests. But he's not a skater, often, right? Just to clarify. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. He's a right. Singer. So we're all on the same page here. Yes. Yeah. He's a singer. Um, she's very good at winning like radio contests and they would have ones like to go backstage at a concert or something like that. So that was my first concert. And yeah. Oh my God. You know what's crazy? When you were saying that, like what you were doing at nine, I was literally going to say I was chasing new kids on the block because like everything in my <laughs> life at nine revolved around that boy band. So the fact that you brought up Aaron Same. Carter is your first answer is amazing. <laughs> also, please ask your mom what the hack is to win radio yes. contests because I spent many hours redialing my local contest. She's All right. committed. Next question is, I love that. Uh, <laughs> what's your first memory of watching women's sports? 
Um, I think my first memory of it is watching figure skating specifically. Um, that's actually how I started skating is I had a sister, I have a sister who is about three years older than me. And, um, so she was, she was seven at the time and I was three and we saw the Olympics with like Tara Lipinski and these really like amazing figure skaters. And she's the one who originally wanted to start figure skating and get on the ice. And my parents were kind of like, well, we're, we're bringing her anyway. We might as well throw her out there too. Um, (laughs) So I was three. So I don't even remember like learning how to skate. Um, But it's just been kind of a part of my life forever. Hey, question on that. Did they start you on figure skates or were you on hockey skates? Because I didn't realize how big of a thing that is, which one, you know, you you have the option to do both. Do you remember? I definitely do not remember. <laughs> okay. So it doesn't matter. So I, like, right? Yeah. We yeah. have many questions for mom <laughs> follow-ups. Yeah. <laughs> after this. All right. So is there a woman in your life who you would say has inspired your journey? Um, For women in my life who have inspired my journey, I would say... Both my mom and sister, I can't really pick between them two. I think they've both like supported me so much throughout my entire like athletic career. Um, I really could not have done it without them. They've always been very, um, I guess, supportive in the sense too of like, like I'm 27 years old now and it's like, I don't have your average normal job. Like I'm not making a ton of money, but they help me out in that sense too. And that's like been really nice because I, financially could not have done it without them um Mm. but then also just like them and my whole family being so understanding of what I'm doing and trying to do um has really inspired me to be like the best athlete I possibly could be that must feel like you guys are the team together right like it's not (laughs) such an individual definitely It takes a village, an Olympic village, if you will. <laughs> I promise I will stop this, Kristen. Oh my gosh, just hang in there with me. Okay, what, how old were you the first time you took an airplane somewhere to play in your sport or participate in your sport? Um, ooh, I want to say I was probably 10, maybe. Wow. I started when I was about nine. I think the first airplane for my sport would have probably been going to nationals, which... I think right. was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, um, if I remember correctly. So you started at nine and at 10, you were in nationals already? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but well, but I was dumb. already on the ice starting at three. So I had I had a little bit of that Fair experience point. going for me. Right. <laughs> you know, that competitive edge. <laughs> so how yes. about the first time you won money for an athletic achievement? What did you spend it on? Probably ice cream after a competition. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Would you I'm still spend sure. it on ice cream now? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Always a good purchase. Can never go wrong. And the last <laughs> one for you. Have you ever run into any wild animals while training inside or outside? Because wild animals like to creep in everywhere, especially in Salt Lake, I would imagine. Do we count my dogs as wild animals? Because they can be sure. they can be pretty wild sometimes, <laughs> um, especially They're if huskies? I'm like... Yes, they're two Huskies. Um, One is like the calmest Husky you'll ever meet in your life. And the other is the polar opposite um, type of thing. Like if I'm in my yard or something having to do a dry land exercise, um, they're like on top of me while I'm doing it. Just a little bit of added weight for my exercise, I guess. (laughs) You crushed it. Great icebreakers. (laughs) Thank you. 
So now it's time to get to know Kristen a little bit more. Kristen, I want to hear all about just what it means to you making the Olympic team. But if first you could start for us just where it began. I mean, you told us that you were on the ice at the age of three, but when you started to fall in love with speed skating, how did that happen? Yeah, so I think as a figure skater, um, I really loved the concept of like just skating around fast. And I really liked the idea of like, like we would be in the middle of a practice and I would want to like race someone around the rink. Um, And then when I was about eight, I saw a commercial on TV for speed skating. And it was like those type of ones that are like, this is my sport. Like, what do you do to try to get, I guess, kids (laughs) into sports? And it worked for me. Um, And yeah, so... I begged my mom for like a year to take me somewhere to go speed skating. And I think she kind of like ignored it a little bit, thinking I would just forget about it. And because it's not like something you just find at every single rink. Uh, So finally, after a year of me like consistently begging her, she got me to one. And my first practice was me with like, a ton of like 60 year old men who are doing it like recreationally (laughs) for fun. And my mom's like, she is going to hate this. She's going to hate everything about this. And surprisingly, I was like so excited to come back the next week. Um, They made it very fun. Like they would like, they had me skate around with a bucket on my head at one point, like, do whatever um but it was you mean like you can't see in front of you a bucket on your head yep oh dear god (laughs) not dangerous at all yeah what was that like (laughs) Uh, um i mean i don't think i was going very fast at the time so it was okay picturing you this tiny little thing like zipping in and out for like these older dudes with a bucket on your head that is priceless i hope mom has pictures of that listen we need a whole other podcast episode with follow your mom up so we with can her. ask all of yeah. these follow-up questions. Yes, I love this. And receipts. I love a receipt. Um, okay, so listen, congratulations because you just made the team literally a few days ago. We're so proud of you. So hype. Uh, we were anxiously watching. We weren't nervous. We were just like, all right, let her seal this in so she can come on the podcast and be all excited. We knew you could do it, girl. Uh, but, you know, we just talked to Ashley Caldwell, who's a freestyle skier, um, and she's getting ready to qualify. She's telling us like how stressful this is i cannot imagine now that it's locked in for you what was that process like the qualifying and and getting ready for that part of it yeah so um leading up to olympic trials we had four world cups and those world cups are how we determine how many spots we have for the olympics um so before those four world cups were Uh, World Cup trials. And the thing about it that's like a little bit more nerve wracking, I guess, is that when you go to the World Cups, um, you're qualifying spots for Team USA, but you're not qualifying them for yourself. So it's like you could qualify these spots and then go to trials and not make the team, which I mean, that happened to me four years ago. And that can be really discouraging, but that's part of the sport. Um, And so... I guess like going into the World Cups, I was really just focused on qualifying spots for the team, like more so skating safe to make sure you do like well enough to get to the point of qualifying the spots. And then from there, kind of, I guess, playing around a little bit more and trying to do as well as I can. 
Um, but yeah, we were gone for six and a half weeks traveling for that, um, which is my longest time being away from home. And we got back about two, three weeks before trials. And so leading up to that, I mean, I was a nervous wreck for sure. Um, I was this past week, I was dealing with like an issue with my ankle where my boot just suddenly like started pushing, getting like this weird pressure point on my ankle. And it's like, I don't know, it's just like swelling up, bruised, like nothing very serious, but just like painful when I skated. Um, So that was something that I think it's the type of thing too, where like with trials coming up, it made it that much worse, like emotionally to handle because I, you want to be 100% for this kind of opportunity and like feeling like I wasn't going to be was hard mentally to deal with. Um, and then the first day of trials went really well for me. I won both the distances on the first day and like, I was feeling very on top of the world and like ready to go. And then the second day was the day that somebody could, the first person could officially qualify for the team. And in the first race of that day, well, the first distance of that day, the thousand meters, I ended up falling in the final for it, which was very disappointing because that's my, that's my favorite race. Like that's my, that's my race. I feel like, um, Mm -hmm. So that was really hard to get over after the fall. Like, I mean, I was like physically hurt, emotionally hurt, just like pretty distraught overall. Um, so going into the 1500, the second 1500, which was later in that day, um, I just really had to like put all of that emotion and feeling behind me because I knew if I won this, I was automatically on the team. And so. I did make it through that. I did win that race and make it, but it was such like a whirlwind of emotions that day going from like one of the lowest feelings to such a high feeling. And it honestly still hasn't even set in that I made the team even two days later. (laughs) Um, And then yesterday was the last day of racing and it was kind of nice going into that day of racing because I'd already made it. So I could take the pressure off, you know, just kind of, skate to practice things for that are going to get me better for the game, skate to learn, skate to do whatever I knew would set me up best rather than like skate to secure my position on the team. For context, for our listeners, can you share what it's like when you, at the moment where you had that fall, like, can you take us through that so that we can understand the undulation of emotion and what that's like? Because I think when people watch it on television, if you're not someone who has speed skated, right? It's, that's probably one of the things they ask most, how do you stay on your skates? And what is it like when you have a moment like that? Yeah. So, um, I was just, when I, right before I fell, I had just made a pass to the front. Like I was feeling good. And I think like the way that it had happened was, um, the person I was passing was trying to skate tight like they should. And, I ended up like taking the corner pretty tight and ended up hitting a block and fell into the pads. Um, Definitely was thinking things in my head that I probably shouldn't say out loud on a podcast um, as I went down immediately. And uh, just like getting up from that, my ribs hurt. I had the wind knocked out of me. And I think that was my initial like reaction. Like I just like, I got up so slowly. They probably wanted 
they were like, all right, come on, like get up. Uh, but just like move to the middle while the race kept going. Um, and when I actually got off the ice, it was like, right when I had got off, I felt fine. Like I was like, okay, like I'm okay. I'll get over it, whatever. And then it wasn't until I like sat down to actually take my skates off that I think it really hit me of like, this sucks. Like I wanted to win that. I wanted to do well in that. I'm hurting. I, I'm sad. Like all of, all of the, those emotions started rushing in right then and there. And then you only have about 20 minutes until your next race. Like it's not a, it's not like you have time to really like mull it over too much. Wow. So then to go to the, the winning of it that landed you the ultimate spot on the team, the moment, I know you said it hasn't sunk in, but the moment after you realized that happened, what was going through your mind? Um, I think when I crossed the line, like I, I didn't even like cheer, cheer really, because I was just like, I think in shock kind of, um, and very overwhelmed. I got off the ice. I, I think right when I, even when I was still on the ice, I was crying already. I got off. I was crying more. Uh, my teammates were so, so, so supportive and excited for me. Like everyone was hugging me. I took off my skates. I ran to my family, hugged all of them. I had the best possible cheering section in the crowd. <laughs> it was amazing to have all of them there. And it was the type of thing like, it meant so much because all of this, like it wasn't a solo effort to get there. Um, you know, like my entire family, friends, like everyone who has supported me along the way, like I feel like, like we all qualified for the Olympics together. Like it, it's not just me. I was told they had like cutouts of your face and signs mm -hmm. that said, go fast, turn left. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sounds simple, right? But when you're going through all of these things and you're, you're in a moment where you feel possibly scared or upset or let down, how important is it to be able to go back to something as simple as go fast, turn left? Like you got this girl. Yeah. So it's actually funny that you say you got this after that, because that's something that I've been really working on. Like going into races, it's just like positive self-talk. Um, and my go-to thing to say, and it's so simple, is just being like, you've got this. And it's like such a simple little phrase that I feel like just like calms me down immediately and gives me more confidence. I think I've tried like other phrases, I've tried other things. And it's like, if I try to get into too much detail in my mind, I start overthinking. And so having like something so simple to like break it down to helps so much. I mean, at the end of the day, you got on skates when you were three. So the <laughs> skill and the preparation is there, right? It's just remembering yes. to get literally get back on track. <laughs> That's really cool. What did your parents um, or your, your mom like and your sister, what was their reaction when you made the team? Um, so when I ran over, it was my dad first and he's crying. I'm crying. My mom is looking down at her phone right at the beginning. Um, cause she didn't realize that I came over mom. running and my dad's like, Donna. And she looks up and just comes like running forward too. And she's crying. And then my sister comes like sprinting across the stands and she's trying to like duck out of people's way because the other races are going on, like the boys races are happening at that time. And she's not trying to be in anyone's way. So she's like running in skating position, basically, um, to like not have anyone see her. And 
it was very overwhelming. We were literally all crying, all hugging. And it was probably one of like the best experiences of my life, especially since they can't be in Beijing. So like having them there to experience that with me really meant a lot. You know, back in 2017, you just barely missed the team. You had that mm-hmm. crazy injury where your hand was sliced open. And yet a couple of weeks later, you were back on the track somehow with the cast competing again. Um, earlier when we, when you were talking about that, you, you sort of paused for a second, right? So I'm, I would imagine that still, even mm-hmm. now that you've made the Olympic team, still kind of cuts deep a little bit. Does this feel like redemption for you? Definitely. Um, one thing that I think four years ago had taught me was I've like said this before too, is that my whole life I, I've wanted to be an Olympian. Like the goal was to go to the Olympics, be an Olympian. Um, but four years ago, like just missing the team really made me change that goal and dream from like being an Olympian to being an Olympic medalist being like a contender at the Olympics, because I think right then and there, I had realized even if I made the team, like the way I was skating at that moment, like I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to make a difference at the games. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to win. I wasn't going to win. But that pushed me so much further these past four years to, to know that that's what I really want. Like, I don't want to just go to the Olympics to go to the Olympics. I want to go and I want to be a competitor there. I want to make a difference. I want to be in the mix of things and I want to medal. What did that make you change in terms of your training in these past four years? Um, I think like I really, really pushed myself every single day. I know that even when I'm like very tired, I want to give up. If it's like, if it's even that one extra lap that I can get in, that that's going to give me the confidence that I need and the extra boost that I need to be able to do this. That one lap every single day, that's 365 extra laps a year, you know, like that little extra bit every day makes such a big difference when it's all put together. And I think that's really made me get this big jump forward. Um, the game or, Olympic trials four years ago also really um, made me focus on how important mentality is going into races and my mental state. I think like when I had gotten cut a few weeks before um, Olympic trials, I had experienced losing Olympic trials at that moment, like was told I wasn't going to be able to skate. I was going into surgery. I, you know, would have this cast on for months. Um, So since I had already experienced losing Olympic trials, like I already went through the like sadness of before it even happened of having lost, like having not made the team. And then when I found out that I could skate, I had to wear this like arm cast, get people to tie my skates for me and dress me. Um, At that moment, I really I had absolutely nothing to lose going into trials. So I was able to skate without like the pressure and without putting pressure on myself. And while I wasn't in the best physical shape, I think mentally I was in a lot better shape and I ended up doing a lot better than I would have expected because of my physical state. And so that was something that I've really carried along with me these past four years as well is to not put so much pressure on myself, to have fun with it, to 
taking the moment, taking it one race at a time, give it all I got and like, you know, take little steps along the way. Yeah, that only comes with experience, right? <laughs> um, okay, so you don't want to put pressure on yourself, but you do have a lot on your plate, girl, because now you're getting ready for the Olympics, graduating college, you're training, you're wedding planning. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Way, Thank on the you. Engagement. Um, very intense <laughs> the next few years. And 2022 is going to be crazy for you. So, mm-hmm. what's more front of mind right now? Podium? Or alter? Podium is first right now, only because it comes (laughs) first. (laughs) Um, So that's (laughs) February. Uh, So I've already like I've planned it out in my head um, beyond like we have our venue picked out and all of that. But everything else I am waiting until the games are over to really focus in on that and plan it. So luckily I, I have some time. How about, how is it um, going into these games with that support? You know, I know that you guys have been together for a long time, right? But knowing that this time that you're engaged, is it different? Um, I mean, honestly, we've been together for so long. He's someone who I also couldn't be doing this if it weren't for him. I mean, four years ago, he was the person who was tying my skates before each race at Olympic trials. Yeah. Um literally like tying my hair up for me and putting on my helmet. He came to every single practice leading up to Olympic trials with me to practice tying my skates for me because, you know, like, like we're so specific on how tight we want it and how long before the race we need to be ready and geared up. And, you know, we had to figure out how long it would take and, he needed to know exactly how hard to pull the laces. And so that was something that he came every day and he helped. He like literally practiced that for me. Um, So I feel like I've had his support this entire time. And I mean, it'll be really special to finally like tie the knot in August. Tie the knot. You just said tie the knot and tie the laces. This is great. Wait, (laughs) hold on, Kristen. Is it like, can can you take me into that moment though? Like, is it literally, so are you sitting there saying like, no, that needs to be tighter or like, that's too tight. Mm -hmm. Is it, that's, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. uh, And like, I do get very nervous for races and he's someone too, who like knows I don't want to like talk about it right before the race. Like, I don't want to like have someone sitting there being like, how do you Mm -hmm. feel? Are you ready? Do you have this? Like, I need to like sit there in my zone. So it was also nice having him because he's like totally okay with like doing it and not saying a word. And if I'm being like anxious and like, you have to go faster, he's just like, okay, like I'm, I'm going to go faster Then like, he's not like I can't or anything. Like he just does it. Of a man who can read the room. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you picked a good one. That's so cool. That's a, that's a special skill in and of itself, girl. So that is fantastic. Um, can we talk about turning left for a second before we move on? Because some a question that we were talking about before, Kristen, is, you know, for a living, you turn left, right? So do you have to do certain things to make sure that your muscles are developing equally. Is that a dumb question? Because that's what we were wondering. It's definitely not a dumb question, but I mean, our muscles definitely don't develop fully equally because we are always turning Mm -hmm. left. I mean, we will try to offset things as much as possible just to be as like well-roundedly strong, but there's always going to be some differences between the ways that each side of our body works. Like generally one thigh is larger than the other, even if it's slightly, you know, when I 
do a jump. Like we have force plates that we do jumps on just to like see where we're at. And, you know, like we can see what foot is having more pressure off of the ground or what one's moving faster and everything like that. Um, So that's definitely something though that we focus on and try to get it even because the stronger you are overall, the stronger you're going to be in general. But definitely we do have some lopsidedness happening. (laughs) One thing that we learned about your training, Kristen, which I thought was really badass, is that you train with the people you race. I mean, if that's not hyper focus on the competition I don't know what is why is that is it more like strategy versus speed how what goes into that it's an interesting sport because it's individual but at the same time it's not like I mean beyond the individual aspect of it we do have a relay um, which is us all competing together we have to push each other we want all of us to be as good as possible because it's not an individual part of the sport. But then beyond that too, even for our individual aspect, like I need my teammates to get better in order for me to get better. Um, since it's not uh, the type of sport where you're just going out there and going as fast as you can by yourself, you really need people who are faster than you or just as fast as you like in front of you or behind you so that you can practice passing, you can practice blocking, you can practice all of that. So it's really important to have each other there and to like work hard to get each other better because that gets you better. And so it's this weird and interesting concept because it's people you train with every day. It's your fam. It's literally your family and your best friends. But then Sometimes they're your competitors and sometimes they're your teammates and sometimes they're the people you're sitting watching a movie with at nighttime. Like they're literally (laughs) such a big part of your life. Um, But I think that's one thing that us girls on the team especially have like developed such a good relationship that we genuinely want each other to do well. We genuinely want each other to, you know, pick each other up when we're feeling down. We want to help each other get faster. We are so excited when someone hits their fastest lap time ever. And I think that's something that has also helped me improve so much over the years is having that support from them and motivation from them too. You know, when they go fast, I want to go fast too. And I think vice versa. You guys probably learn a lot from each other as well. Are there things Mm -hmm. that you specifically, specific things that you help each other with? Yeah, I think every single one of us have a different aspect that we bring to the table. Um, You know, like, for instance, on national team at the moment, there's four girls. Uh, Julie, for me, she's the hardest worker I know. She's someone who like, she'll lift up anyone. She'll be like, Hey, I'm doing, if we have an on your own, like exercise in the afternoon, she'll be like, I'm doing it at this time. Like, come with me and let's do it together. And like, you know, it makes it that much more fun to do and something you like look forward to in the afternoon. And she's always pushing herself as hard as she can. And then Mame is just so explosive on the ice and like knows how to block better than anyone I've ever met. Like she's so hard to pass. Um, <laughs> and so having her there too, to like work on that. And if I can get around her, you know, I can figure out getting around anyone. And Corey is someone who is such a racer. She knows how to turn it on for a race and she knows how to push herself and get into that like 
that mindset. So learning that from her is also so helpful. So who, where do you fall? Who are you in that group? Oh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. You'd have to ask them. Would, what, would, what about Mama Bear? Would Mama Bear be a safe Probably. assessment? <laughs> why would Probably. they say that? That's what we know that they've shared. Which is wild because you're 27. So like by every stretch. It's, I am But when your career starts at three. <laughs> I'm definitely the grandma on the team. Oh my gosh. That's wild to hear you say that. <laughs> As we wrap things up, we just have a couple more things we want to touch upon with you, Kristen. Can we talk equipment um, for a second? How many pairs of skates do you have? So I have like one pair of my main boots that I wear all the time, but blades are something that we switch out quite often. Um, I mean, I, I do have backup boots too in case that happened, but I I, gener- I always wear the same pair. Um But the blades are, you know, in a race, they can get hit or kicked or you could step on something and get lose the edge, you know. So we also have them. A lot of people wouldn't know this, but the blade is like, since we always turn left, it's slightly bent to go around the corner. Um, And everybody has very specific like bend numbers that they like. Like some people like it to be bent more in the front or in the back of the blade or in the middle of the blade or even the whole way. Um, so, you know, especially in a start of a race, since everyone's so close together, if somebody were to cause contact in the start and somebody falls, the race gets called back and restarts. So if you hit blades with someone and you fall, you literally like run over to your coaches and they might have to switch out your blade really quick. So we generally have always have at least three pairs of blades on us. But then at home, we probably have even more. Um, But yeah, just so we're always ready to go if we need it. Are there superstitions that go along with it? Are you like some football players, baseball players, where you have a certain thing that you do before competition? Um. So like the only real thing that I do, it's like small as I always put my right skate on before my left skate. Like I like put it on all the way, tie it all the way and then do my left skate. I also, I don't know that this is like a superstition or not, but I literally have a squeeze pouch of applesauce before every single race. Oh yeah, that's a superstition. like my way to like, yeah, like I feel like sometimes, especially when it's like a very short amount of time between races, like, you know, it's hard to eat, especially when you're very nervous and like can't, can't get food down. Um, So that's Mm -hmm. something that I know will like, give me energy. It also just like mentally, I'm like, all right, I had my applesauce. I'm ready to go. (laughs) Thank you, Kristen, because people look at me crazy at the supermarket. I buy (laughs) these pouches of applesauce. I have a whole preschool. Yes. I was like, I have a whole preschool (laughs) worth of children at my house. I have no kids, but I love those things. They're so convenient. I always have one in my purse. Are you serious? Every cashier. Yes. Every cashier is like, oh, my kids love these too. I'm like, oh, well, that's just hilarious. my husband and I, but yes, thanks. Yes. So thank you. See, no, never. When do you I didn't eat feel yours? guilty as it was. When do you eat yours, MJ? Probably right before the show, right before my show. Oh, so that's so funny. So you guys have that. It's her fun. superstition. It is. It is. It's, well, like, and I love hearing this because there are random things like in NASCAR, some drivers avoid the color green at all costs. Like you cannot be around green, green? Oh, especially whoa. before a race. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> Really random things, but that's really cool. So applesauce pumps both of you up. 
Kristen, thank you so much for joining us. I mean, this has been amazing, not only because literally you were fresh off of qualifying for the Olympic team, but to have the opportunity to talk to you when you have said that this is a dream of yours is just, it's so cool. It's an honor. And I think that, you you. know, the stories, you're welcome. The stories you share, it's not, not only are you an inspiration for, you know, adults like me and MJ hearing these stories and things that we can relate to, but kids, you know, I keep thinking to my kids trying the ice for the first time and just how cool it is to, to be able to look at you and say like, wow, you can stick to it and keep trying. But also, and then I want to hear what MJ thinks too, but you know, you talking about what the past four years have taught you is so eye opening and awesome. And I am excited to watch you for years down the road, because I think the fact that you were able to do what you did in these past four years and look what you've accomplished and man, how far beyond this can you even go? Right. Thank you. You're welcome. Kristen, we're excited for you. And I I take notes as you're, as you're talking to us and sharing with us. And the one thing, if nothing else that I'll take away is you've got this. Oh, thank you. I'm going to say it to myself. Yes. Keep saying it to yourself, oh. and we cannot wait to see you at the <laughs> That's Thank so you true. so much, you guys. It'll be your voice in my head saying that now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Best of luck to you, girl. Seriously. Thank you. That's going to do it for today. So much going on in the world of women's sports. So don't forget to rate and review On Her Turf on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to follow On Her Turf on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Plus, get the latest news in women's sports on our blog, NBCSports.com slash On Her Turf. Special thanks to everyone involved in this NBC Sports and Blue Wire partnership. Until next time.